Welcome to the Ask Kadian Show with your host, Kadian Grant. This radio show airs bi-weekly on Sundays on BBS Radio at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Kadian is a life transformation coach and the author of the upcoming book, Climbing Your Happiness Ladder. If you would like to experience extraordinary shifts in your life, tune into this life-altering show to experience Kadian's unusual coaching skills. She will guide you to greater levels of happiness, fulfillment, and connection. And now, let's ask Katie. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here tonight. I am very excited about tonight's show. As you know, I am Katie and Grant, your life transformation coach, and I am here to remind you of your greatness. And I do that through coaching, of course, and tools I help um, clients with, and also the, the various topics I talk about on this show. But also, I want to encourage greatness in people by interviewing people who I think that I believe embodies that. And I have a guest tonight, Mark Levine, who I think, in my opinion, is helping an industry to evolve and and for us to understand, fully understand the complexity of the self-publishing industry. Mark Levine, how are you tonight? Katie, I'm great. Happy to be a guest on your show. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I'm just going to read your bio a little bit so everyone will know a little bit about you before we dive right into the topics. Mark Levine is the CEO of Hillcrest Media Group in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where he founded, which he founded in 2006. Hillcrest provides book publishing, marketing, printing, and distribution services for authors and independent presses. Hillcrest also licenses its publishing workflow technology software to other publishers. Mark's background is rare for an executive in self-publishing because he was a published author before getting into the industry. His first novel, released in 2000, was published by a small press. This piqued his interest and subsequent investigation into publishing, which eventually led to the first edition of the fine print of self-publishing in 2004. His second novel was then the first book ever published by what is now Hillcrest Media Group. This unique experience gives Mark exceptional insight into what authors want and need, which translate directly into how he runs his author-centric publishing company. And once again, welcome, Mark Levine. How are you? Wonderful. So great to be with you tonight. Thank you. So I think, in my opinion, if anyone is considering, even just considering writing or have started writing or finished a manuscript, should read your your book first before they make any decisions or move forward into um, self-publishing if that's the route they're considering. Even if they're not considering it, they should read all about what's happening in that, what's happening in that industry because it's so difficult these days to get a book published through traditional um, publishing. Uh, 
And your book covers pertinent information, I think. So before contacting or speaking with any publisher, you know, your book should be read. You cover the contracts, ebook publishing, marketing of your book. You explain printing costs, which we're going to go over a lot tonight, which I think is very important. Printing markups and royalty payouts, side-by-side comparisons you do with 30 major self-publishing companies, including CreateSpace and AuthorHouse and many more. There's so much um, that this book offers. And I love on the cover of the book, Mick Rooney, the editor of the editor in chief of the independent publishing, said this about your book. The fine print has established itself as the must read for any author considering self-publishing. So, Mark, tonight I want to cover contracts, printing costs and royalties and marketing, which is a major part of your book. But there's also other things, you know, in the book as well. And so I want to start with contracts, which I think is um, very important because a lot of people, they would just sign something and not read what's going on. So let's talk about the importance of understanding um, a a, a contract through a self-publishing company. Well, I think, oh, you have a question or you want? No, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think it's incredibly important for people to ask to look at any kind of publishing agreements mm-hmm. before they're already deep into conversations with a publisher uh, and with the self-publishing company. Uh, what happens a lot, and I see it a lot, I talk to a lot of people who have been through this, is uh, there's a handful of companies out there that are very aggressive and market very hard and you know get people on the phone and let them, you know, and we're all authors, so we want people to think what we write is good and that it's mm-hmm. publishable and that it's valuable. And a lot of people hear what they want to hear and they don't look at at what the contracts really say and what the ramifications of signing that contract are. And you really see a lot, in the, even in the last week, I've talked to two different people who both uh, went along the lines with two different self-publishing companies, and then they got to the part where they had to go price their book, and both of these companies, because of the printing markups, were requiring them to price the book, or to, retail, to set a retail price for the book, way above whatever would be sustainable in the market. And right. uh, and that's the kind of thing that you really you really have to try to investigate. And also, I understand that unless you read a book like mine, you probably don't know to even ask that question. And, right. And uh, you know, I, I think there are probably other resources out there that provide this kind of stuff, but I have not seen one. And in my experience, I always thought the printing markups and the royalties were the central, most important thing in uh, entering any of these agreements. And of course, there are things about rights and how you can cancel the contract. Uh, but those mm-hmm. overall ha- have generally gotten better over the last 12 years that I've been writing this book. 
Right. So in the chapter on contracts, you really go over extensively a lot of information. You talk about like license of rights, term and termination, and, and, and that's how long the contract will last. Such things as automatic renewals. When I started looking, I, these, I didn't know about these things. So I didn't know um, what I needed to look for or to ask, you know, so you, you really lay this out really, really well in your book. And, you know, and you also have sections where you point out, you know, if an author sees, sees this in a contract, they should just simply avoid, you know, the contract, such things that permits a publisher to retain non-exclusive rights after termination or whose terms extend far for the term of the, for the copyright. So can you explain for instance, one of those terms, for instance, the one whose terms extend for the term of the copyright. What does that well, mean and how important okay. is that? Well, it's something that you don't see very often. I, I think there's, you know, maybe one or two publishers out there that I, well, one or two bigger publishers, and there may be a handful of small ones that have this stuff in contracts because they've copied other contracts, you know, they found online. But this mm-hmm. is a an unbelievable clause and it the life of a copyright extends for 70 years past the life of the owner or author of the book so if you're the author of the book and you own the copyright like if Mm -hmm. i you know i hope this doesn't happen to me but if i die tomorrow my copyright on this book is going to go is going to last for another 70 years so if i sign a contract giving a company the right, you know, a, a contract that had that clause in it, my affiliation with their company would surpass my life and several other generations <laughs> after me. Right. <laughs> exactly. So those are things that really piqued my interest um, when I read your book, is you know, just being green in this field as a first-time author, um, my book is not out yet. And by the way, I am with Mark's company. I had looked at several companies and found that everything was just so easy with your company right up front on their website. The information is there. I also found that at it took me a while to get a contract from another publishing company, um, just several emails back and forth, because they really wanted me to um, agree to something, and then they'll send it to me, and because I read it in your book, I shouldn't. Um, I didn't do that. So back and forth, they eventually sent me a contract, and which I couldn't read. I just couldn't understand. It was just so, you know, it was just a, just too much high-level information. But when you read your contract, it was just so easy to understand um, what, you know, you're explaining, what we're getting, and so on and so forth. So first thing with, 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 you know, before beginning your publishing, even, you know, finishing your book if you're writing one, is to start to look into publishing companies because it does take a little while. There's a lot of them out there even as of the last year, more has come out. So to look into it, but this place to start is Mark's book because he does do comparisons with 30 of them and he does lay out the contracts real simple for you, you know, the verbiage and what you should look for. Uh, Mark, do you think um, 
a person should hire a lawyer to read these contracts to help them um, understand what's going on in these contracts? Uh, you know, there. I, I think if someone wants to hire a lawyer, that's absolutely you know they they should. I think mm-hmm. you have to, in realistically, balance the cost of that lawyer against the cost of the whole project. Mm-hmm. Because if you're spending five thousand dollars to publish a book, and you're spending fifteen hundred for the lawyer to look at the contract, right? You know, that that doesn't make to me a lot of sense, right? Um, you know, it's most most of the companies, you know, even really including mine, we're not, if there's something in our contract that somebody doesn't like, we probably can't change it because it's built into our system. So we have, you know, if you don't like that, we turn around revisions in X amount of days. I can't really make an exception for you because it's our system operates, you know, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly from time to time, we've, you know, people have wanted a few things inserted here or there that don't really affect the operational part of the contract. And so, you know, we, we do that when we can. Uh, and, you know, we've, I mean, certainly people who've worked with us have hired lawyers. And I'm, you know, I, I, I would encourage any lawyer, they can look at our contract up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and just in my experience in dealing with the authors who have hired lawyers, you know, sometimes, you know, the lawyer has to justify billing all this time. And, you know, one time I got a, a thing of revision back to a contract of ours where the word author, you know, we use the word author to represent you or whoever else. And they mm-hmm. wanted the, that word to be the author's name. So, you know, that's a lot <laughs> to pay somebody to do nothing to a contract. Right. And that's not to say, you know, there aren't valid, you know, and, and there's been some cases where, you know, there was a case, I think, where someone got a lawyer and uh, there, after talking to the lawyer, uh, we actually altered a clause in our contract because the way we thought it read and the way the lawyer thought it read wasn't the same, but we thought it should read the same. So, um, you know, it's, I think you really have to balance, you know, your budget in doing this. And if you have a 5,000 budget, $5,000 budget, you can't spend a thousand or 1500 on attorney. That makes no sense. But I think if somebody, if somebody can afford it and it's not, you know, and it doesn't, affect their ability to publish and it doesn't, you know, break their budget. I think having a lawyer look at any publishing contract is completely fine. Uh, But the lawyers don't often understand that these are contracts that are really, it's not like, you know, we have a, we have the same contract with, you know, many hundreds and hundreds of authors. So we don't, Mm -hmm. it's not like a one-on-one. Right you know, where we're just providing a service only to you. And that's you right. know, sometimes when a lot of the lawyers that we have dealt with over the years, they're used to that kind of a, that kind of a relationship. And, it, and in this business, mm-hmm. that, that kind of relationship, it, it doesn't, it, it's not there. You know, you're, 
right. we're obviously providing this service for a number of people. Right. Because, yeah, so that's why it's even more important for them to read a book like yours, where you explain a lot of those clauses in the books. And if they can't afford a lawyer, and even if you can't afford a lawyer, what you're saying is most likely they're not going to change the clause for you because it's a, you know, it's a contract that's, you know, for every, is a standard contract, I should say. Um, and they, they most likely will not. So it's important for, a, you know, an author to um, read your book to understand some of those clauses and then they can decide what they can live with and what they can't live with, you know? Absolutely. So it's like, Yeah. Yeah, because I was reading something else in the um, during in your book the first time I read your book a couple of years ago, and it said something. Oh, it if you get let's say you're signed with a contract already with a publishing company, and your book gets picked up by a traditional company publishing company. A lot of times the person's already stuck in that contract and they have all those clauses and you can't get out of it. And the publishing company, it's not going to wait until your contract is up because there is a time frame on these contracts. They're not saying that you could terminate them at any time. You know, it's they usually have a set period of time that you can um, terminate the contract. And which is what I love about your contract is you didn't have that in time. You want to um, break the agreement. You can leave. Um, and with your files, which we're going to talk about how important that is later, just in case you get picked up by a traditional publishing company. Well, yes, so, And I don't understand why everyone doesn't have that in their contract because that is the ultimate success of a self-publishing company. I mean, we've had you know, a number of authors get picked up by major houses. And mm -hmm. uh, there was a case, and probably the best example and the best story ever is we had a, a guy who wrote just a, a fabulous novel, couldn't, you know, had agents, publishers interested, but just there wasn't enough to go to the next level. He ended up publishing the book with us. And, you know, we got him distribution in Barnes & Noble, and the agent was in a Barnes & Noble in Manhattan, saw the book, and kind of remembered, like, it kind of, re she remembered that it was this author, and she had talked to him, so she bought the book, ended up really liking the book, and then uh, she worked for, or the agent got him signed at a division of Random House. So... You know, that was, that's a pretty proud moment for a self-publishing company when you mm -hmm. have a book in Barnes & Noble and it looks so good that the agent who rejected <laughs> it now wants to pick it up. I mean, you know, that's, yeah. you know, letting <laughs> that person out of their contract is not only the right thing to do, but it's great business. Right, right. And it, and this is what I love about Mark and his company. When I said at the very beginning, we are not just here to create something for ourselves. We're not just here to live in our purpose solely for us. It is to benefit others. And 
you embody that. Here's a situation and a, a great example of you're saying, why should we hang on to this person and not allow her to have more success than she would have had if she had stayed with a, a smaller company? Why not allow her to go out there and spread her wings? And that is so beautiful um, that your company allows for that to, to happen where I know when I read the contract from this other self-publishing company, I clearly saw that I was stuck in the contract um, for a year, you know, so that was one of the things that caught my attention. Just And that's just from reading your book. I didn't hire a lawyer. I could actually read the contract based on your book. So um, just that information alone is worth getting the book. And there's just so much, so much other gems that's in this book. I want to say tonight that Mark has also given away free copies of his book if you call in. So please give us a call at anywhere in the U.S. and, and Canada at 888-627-6008. And anywhere else around the world directly at 323 744-4831. Please call in and try to get a copy of his book because it is really, really worth the read. Even if you're haven't, you haven't started um, writing and you're just considering writing, there's just so much information that you can learn based on this book. And it takes time to learn this information. So um, yes, please call in. The next thing, I want to move off of contract for now and let's talk about Profits and royalties um, <laughs> when it comes to your book. So someone is, you know, they're finished, they've gone through the process. And with self-publishing, by the way, you stand the upfront, a lot of upfront cost if you don't know that. So you have to, there's packages with different companies that you pick and to determine how you want your book to look, feel, what, you know, and what do you want to do with it? So you pay, you know, it could go up to thousands of dollars, like Mark was saying, to um, get your book ready, you know, a cover, edited, editing, and so on and so forth, the ISBN, all the important things that make it a book. And then once all that's done, what's left is the printing of the book. And this is um, a very, very important topic to me because I had no idea how this worked. And I had to read your this section a few times before I spoke to you on the phone um, to really understand how this works. So once your book is done and it needs to be printed, there's a cost associated with the printing. And Mark, as I'm talking, I'd like you to interject because you know way more about this than I do. But um, so there's a cost to printing it. The companies themselves are not printing. They don't have the printers in-house to print the book. There is a place they go to to get the books printed, your book printed. And there's and they're charged, of course, a cost for that. Um, the cost is passed on to the author. And this is where things get very interesting about the the printing cost of the book. And I would like Mark to explain that. Once the cost is there, I would like you to explain how you come, because in Mark's book, he really compares the different costs of companies. And I want you to explain why you could come up with this um, price for 
printing per book and what the companies are doing, how they're making their profit by marking up the printing cost of the book. Okay. Well, there, there's two ways that company or several, several ways that companies make money in publishing, but there's the one providing of the services, the cover design, the formatting of the book, putting the books in distribution, you know, all the parts that go along with publishing the book. And then there's the printing of the books. And many self-publishing companies use or provide print-on-demand publishing and almost exclusively only print-on-demand publishing. So in print-on-demand publishing, there's really only two printers in the entire United States that you can even do this with. And that was the crux of my book from the very beginning because I knew that all these companies are using the same printer for the most part. And so it was very easy to then go and get the pricing that that printer charges if you just come off the street and give them a file. But, you know, I, mm. I must state that you can't just go to this printer and say, here's my Word document, make me a book. It doesn't work like that. You have to provide press-ready files. So someone's going to have to create these files that resemble a book. But once it's there, mm. you know, what happens is the many of these self-publishing companies uh, mark up the printing exorbitant amounts. And I, I, I say this in the book, and I think it's, it's absolutely fair and fine that a publishing company can mark up the printing in order to pay the costs associating with providing authors that service. I mean, even talking to people and saying, what kind of paper should I pick? What you know, Do I want a hardcover? I mean, all the costs associated with it, it's fine to mark up the product somewhat to make a profit for yourself as a publisher. But what a lot of publishers are doing is they mark up the printing 100, 200%. And yeah, I'm see, I'm looking that, at the chart here, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's, it goes it's from shock, it's zero shocking. to... Some of those, go ahead. You know, it, it's really, you see some incredible markups. And that, mm -hmm. and that is what, and that is what leads to a book being, in many cases, dead on arrival before it's even been published. Because right. if, you know, if you publish a 250-page novel, that, that book only, you know, that book can only be sold and the market is only going to pay a certain amount for that book. You know, people... People aren't going to pay twenty dollars for a two hundred fifty page novel. It's just it, it, you know it's not going to happen. And a, a bookstore or any other kind of retailer would never even consider a book at that price point because the, their wholesale price would be too it, it's too high. You know I'm not right. gonna I'm not gonna use my shelf space to put a twenty dollar novel from an unknown author. When I can take a known entity author, a known a known author, and put their book on the shelf for twelve ninety nine or you know whatever, and there is, you know, authors also have to keep in mind that you can't price, you can't go on Amazon and look at what John Grisham is selling, what his novel retails for, because his publisher is printing that book, you know, by the tens of thousands, and so their cost per unit is very low. If if mm you're a self-published author and you're using and you're having your book printed on demand, meaning that 
when a book is ordered on Amazon, for example, that a printer then prints that order and ships out the book. You know, the, that's what that's what print on demand actually. I mean, that's what it is. They're so not storing a b- amount of copies of the book. They just printed it as the order come in. Right. So that's a higher printing cost. So right. one of the things that that we've always done, and I, I think is, I think it helps make a book. Well, it it, it it many times will make or break a book. Is we charge the same price that the print on demand printer that we use charges. And you know we have consciously chosen to follow that approach because we want authors to have the best chance to be successful. And you know your book is already going to be higher priced than similar books in the space because you're probably not printing in large quantities. So you have to try to get the print costs as reasonable as possible. So you have a shot. Right. So I'm going to read a couple of numbers here um, so the the audience can understand um, before I take this caller um, what, you know, the impact of it. So for instance, you use an example in the book, a 200 page book for $14.95 and it will cost $3.86 is the cost of printing the book. So if a company like yours would only charge the author the $3.86, the cost of printing the book, which is fair. But then you have other companies that at 25% markup, which would be 471, all the way up to 168%, which is $10.46. They are charging the author for their book already. And this is we're going to get into royalties and stuff like that. So if you figure 1495 minus $10.46, what's left um, for you to get? Well, that, once, that, uh-huh. that, well, there, let me just say that there, there's a lot of these publishers charge different printing costs for books that are in, that are sold by third party retailers like Amazon versus mm-hmm. if you buy 100 copies for yourself for your own use. So right. you see some have her enormous markups for both. Um, right. But when you look at 1495, you when you're going to put that book in a retail setting, you have to assume that retailer is taking 55% of the cover price. So for a $15 book, you can take $8 right off the table. So Right, so what you're that, saying is this is a third-party sales, a wholesale trade to put it in put it on Amazon or in Barnes and Noble. It's already discounted a high percentage, more than 50%. So you're not even starting well, at 1495. Right, you're starting at what's left after they get their cut. So mm-hmm. if you know, if I'm the publisher and I'm charging you you know, and you end up with, you get seven, there's seven left and I'm charging you, you know, let's say four. Okay. Well, you get $3 on an Amazon sale. That's pretty good. That's, that's, <laughs> that's about as high as you can get. Right. Um, but if the publisher is saying, okay, well, this book costs $7 to print, 
you're making 50 cents. You know, there's a wide, right. there's a big discrepancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I, I, you know, I don't, even a 25% markup, you know, I don't consider that to be actually outrageous. It's, uh, it's outrageous if you're doing it within the scope of, uh, you know, it, it's, it's more troublesome in the third party distribution realm than it is if I'm going to, if you're going to buy copies of your book. You know, if you're going to call the publisher and you spend a bunch of time and you don't know what you want, and then you end up, you know, you get, you order some copies, you know, that kind of 25% is about as high as I think anybody could charge. Right. But again, you know, that, that's, that's my opinion. I, you know, certainly these companies can charge whatever they want, but what I do in my book is I'm not really even passing judgment on what anyone charges. I'm just showing everyone what everyone charges. Mm-hmm. Right. Including, yeah. you know, including us. You can see my company right in there with mm-hmm. everyone else. Your company's and there, in yeah. Those, in those charts, I footnote everything. So you can sit, you can go to that company's website. You can see how I got that information. You can, you know, I'm not making this stuff up. It's, it's, it's all So there. how easy you know, now, can an author get this information from the publishing company? Because it, it, by well, reading your book, doesn't seem as that easy. I don't think, well, I don't think any company is going to tell you what they pay for printing. You know, that's, that's an unreasonable thing to, that would be like if I called up Apple and I was like, what does it cost you to make this iPhone? Because I don't want to pay anything more than that. You know, that's, that would never happen. A publisher right. doesn't, doesn't have any obligation to tell you what they pay to print it. Right. Um, but because almost everyone uses the same printer, it's, it's easy to do the math backwards and, and you can get, you can figure out, you know, what they're making on the, on the book. On the book. Now, some publishers have gotten smarter and, you know, maybe in response to my book and what they've done is they've shifted. So they put more of what they make into the royalties and less of what they make into the printing. You know, they're, mm. it, it's, it's not for, for a novice author, you know, this right. is a really finite, for a, it's a finite point. And authors really, when, you know, especially a newer author, they, the mentality with print on demand is, well, I don't have to pay until, I don't have to pay for the printing until the book is printed. So if somebody is paying me for the book and then I have to pay for the printing, do I really care how much the printing is? And the answer right. is yes. Yes. <laughs> the answer is for sure, 100% yes. But it's not, I think, to expect an author, especially a new author, to to get that point on their own would be mm-hmm. almost impossible. I mean, that's right. I mean, that's why a book like mine is helpful because right. you you wouldn't know what to it. You wouldn't even know sometimes what to ask. No, you wouldn't. And, and reading your book has helped me. So let's take Violet online too. Hi, Violet. Hey, good evening. Okay, I have a list of questions, but I just want to start <laughs> with the main one. Um, I did publish a book before, and it was like an emotional publishing, and I think that's where a lot of them work on first-time authors. Is you just want your work out there so badly, you just jump at the first offer that comes your way without thinking. But 
for everyone else. How do you identify the snakes of the publishing company? In other words, what are the immediate warning signs to say, get out of there, don't do it? Oh, well, Violet, luckily, you're going to get a free copy of my book. So that will completely <laughs> be answered for you. But I'll answer it you know, right now. But the biggest one is if a company is calling you all the time, mm-hmm. that is a red flag. You know, no, if, you know, there are some of these companies where, you know, they email you, you know, hundreds of times in a couple month period. They're calling all the time. Um, you know, one company called, and, you know, this would be a good example of a red flag. There was a woman who grew up in the Soviet Union in the 60s, and she had, was writing a memoir about her life growing up in the Soviet Union. Now, you know, a memoir by, you know, someone without a platform, you know, that's a hard book. It's probably not going to sell a lot of copies. I mean, it could, something, you know, could strike and it could, but it's probably not. So you have to, so when this person called me, I explained that and I said, you know, it sounds like a great book and I would encourage you to do it, but, you know, you have to make sure you have your budget and everything else in line and that you don't spend more than you can afford and all this other stuff. And then she told me that this company, the guy, no, so they won't say on a, they won't say on a phone call, like, oh, you're going to make a ton of money with this book, but they'll say stuff that will make you think that. So what this guy said is, Mm -hmm. wow, that book, I could picture you talking in front of the UN with that book. So, you know, that sends a message, (laughs) but those are, you know, and the problem, and, and Violet, you really hit it on the head is that there's an emotional aspect to publishing and the authors want to get their work out. And as authors, we all want to be validated. So, if somebody is willing to validate you, you know, that, you know, that, that makes you kind of want to work with them. And it's, you know, it's a thing that we, because my company would, you know, we will not do that. You could call up anyone, you could call it any salesperson, and, you know, not, and I'm, not, I'm not just telling you this from me, you could call anyone in my company, right. nobody is ever, you know, saying, hey, how much can you pay today? Oh, that's another big red flag, but... If someone's saying, how much can you pay right now? You know, that's, it's anything that seems too good to be true and seems really (laughs) aggressive, you know, it's just like anything else, you know, it, that it's probably, it probably is those things. Uh, So it's, but I, I totally get and understand how, and I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of authors who have, experience that kind of thing and they sign they don't even sign contracts they just hand over money with no contract it's you know it's some of it's disturbing um yeah and there are people who've read my book and they still use some of these companies you know that Mm -hmm. i Uh, I, and they call me and they say well i read your book but i use this company anyway now how do i get out you know those (laughs) oh my gosh you know there's no there's only so much magic a guy can perform Right. So, so Violet, what uh, company did you um, publish with your first book? I published oh, with did... Author House. Oh yeah, they're in oh. yeah they're in Mark's book. <laughs> Mark said, "Oh." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so sorry, yeah, Mark. Know. I wish I had known you earlier. Author Solutions owns a lot of companies now, so 
uh, you know, they probably have six to eight different imprints that are all really the same, but, you know, they have Westbow Press and they have uh, iUniverse and they have Trafford and they have, uh, boy, there's Archway Press. Uh, and I'm, I'm leaving a couple others out. And, you know, again, novice author doesn't know this, so they're, you know, they're contacting these different companies. And if you go look at the websites of those companies, the pricing is all over the place. Um, some of them, they've become a little more uniform, you know, in my doing this the last time and reviewing their stuff. A lot of their imprints have become more uniform. But the sales tactics are the same, and they're not, you know, they're not the kind that I use, and I don't think those are the right kind to use. Um, you know, this isn't, you know, we're not selling, you know, a plumbing service. We're, we're in a business where people can be extremely vulnerable because, you know, you, you want to be an author and you want to be known and you think your work, your story should be told. And all those things are, you know, probably true. I think everybody, they think they have a story to tell, they should tell it and they should write it, but they should only publish it if they understand what their budget is and can do it within that budget. And, you know, if you have $500 to publish a book and you haven't edited the book or anything else, you know, it, it's probably not worth doing. Because right. if you get lucky and someone started to look at it and you have this unedited thing, you know, it's going to come back to bite you. Wow. So, Violet, I want you to hang on. Mark, hang on. I'm going to take a real quick break, and then we'll come back and finish talking about the self-publishing industry. I'll be right back. Hello, this is Kadian Grant of Ask Kadian. And every fourth Thursday of each month, I will be facilitating a life transformation group coaching online class. This class will begin on January 28th. If personal one-on-one coaching isn't for you right now, and you would like assistance with change in your life, then I highly recommend getting started with this class. Each month, we will work on a particular theme. I will answer questions, coach, and be there for your personal development. For more information, please visit my website at www thatkadiangrant.com and click on group coaching to begin your transformation. I am here to remind you of your greatness in every way. Okay, welcome back. This is Kadian Grant of Ask Kadian and I am talking with Mark Levine. He's the CEO of Hillcrest Media Group, which he founded in 2006. Mark's unique experience as both a published author himself and an executive in self-publishing gives gives him exceptional insight into what authors want and need, which translate directly into how he runs his author-centric publishing company. And we're talking to Mark tonight about the ins and outs of the self-publishing um, industry, and in his book, the fine print of self of self publishing is a wealth of information for you to 
understand before you get into a relationship with any of these companies. So, Mark, before we left off, we were talking to Violet, and before we took Violet's question, we were talking about the profits and the royalties, and we were at the markup, you know. And Violet, did you understand any of this stuff before prior, um, before publishing your first book well, about the printing cost? Since I don't speak German, no. I didn't understand it at all. Like I said, it was very emotional. It's kind of like when you go shopping and you say, oh, I got to have that. Oh, I want that. And you just go for it. And then later on, you regret it. So I didn't understand anything about the royalties and things of that nature. But what I did notice was I was the one with the ideas. I'm the one who did all the writing, but they were making all the money. And I think if I made $2 off of each book sold, that was a lot. But yet the book, the way it was priced, they were making maybe the $14 off of it. So that's why I said I was not going to go that route again. Right. So I'm glad you, you're going to um, get a free copy for um, for calling into the show tonight. And I wanted to finish the this section on profits and royalty. So we talked about the markup, which you know, can go exceptionally high up to 200%. So right away, your book um, is marked, is is costing a lot of money. Then after that, it gets really, really interesting after the print, the, the, the you know, the print cost markup. You think what's left um, is just your royalty and that's yours. But Mark, that actually isn't because some companies take percentage of the royalty of the little bit that's left. Yeah, some do that, um, you know, in varying degrees of, you know, 50-50, probably about the highest I've seen, but that's a deceptive amount because, you know, they've also made money on the printing side of the book. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're ensuring themselves, you know, when you add those two things together, what they take in and what the author takes in is, you know, it it does not um, settle correctly. And and again, Violet also made a very good point about, um, I just lost my train of thought here, but. Yeah, she did all the work. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I've, you know, we've had that philosophy my company since the beginning. I mean, we, you know, I'm not totally going to brag about my company, but we were the first ones ever that took no royalty. And the reason, you know, to me, it wasn't very hard to decide to do that. I sort of felt like, hey, I'm charging you. I'm going to provide you a service. I'm going to provide you a good service, and I'm going to charge you money for that service. But if you're paying me for the service of, of producing your book, then... You know, if you're taking all the risk, why do you only get part of the profit? Uh, right. I would, you know, totally understand if we were splitting the cost of publishing. You know, that makes sense. Right. But that's often not what happens. Right. No, I don't think that happens. <laughs> um, what you see, you know, another thing you see in royalties, which, um, you know, also can kind of muddy it as to what you make is, you know, some companies like for you know, I, I'm going to use Author House as an example, or the Author Solutions. You know, not maybe not every one of their companies does this, but many of them do, where they 
you get 10% of the retail price as the author. That's your royalty. So, you know, you they have their printing costs built in. You know, you have to kind of reverse engineer it to really see what they're making in those cases. But right. if you're getting 10% of a, off of a $20 book, that really should be a $15 book, so nobody's buying it, you're getting 10% of nothing. Nothing, yeah. And what... And what some companies do is they say, well, you know, 10% is higher than a standard publishing contract. And yeah, that is probably true. But in a standard publishing contract, that author did not pay to publish the book. Right. Uh, and if you're with a standard pub, uh, which when you said standard, you mean a traditional publishing company. A, a traditional. Right. They're in Barnes & Noble. They have a, a broader outlet for your book. And they price your book reasonable so you can sell because they need they want to make money they need to make money, so no it's not the same them giving you two dollars versus a dollar for a trend for a, tra a traditional publishing company is really not that much more if your book is not selling anything. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's I mean uh, yeah that's that's how it works. Yeah, the world. So after that, <laughs> they take royalties. So you're basically left with. And you know, the funny thing is, I remember when I was looking into self-publishing, when I was someone, you know, people were telling me, "Well, go with self-publishing because you can make a lot more money off books." Because as a new author, a traditional company one won't even look at you. Probably will look at you because you're a new author. And if they do, they're only probably going to give you a dollar. Her book, which I thought was like, what? Oh my God, that's so crazy, right? But then reading your book and looking at the charts, there wasn't that much difference in what's left. And with all the other stuff built in of trying to price your book to get a five, six dollars, it's, it's just, it's a death sentence to your book according to you. So yeah, it's not, you have to be really careful. And that's why Mark's book is so, so important to read before you sign something or talk to anyone, I think even before you talk to anyone. And like you said, Mark, some people went ahead and did it anyway, you know, but that's fine. People, you know, get to choose, you know, get to make their own choices. So, you know, you're just giving us the information so we can make better choices for ourselves. And thank you for that. Um, one other important part that you have in this section is the ownership of the original production files. And yeah, why is that this so is something, important? That is something that comes up so much. I would say uh, just in the last couple months, I have personally, not just people at my company, but I've personally talked to at least six authors who went to almost any company. I mean, any, oh, there's very few companies give you the production files back. And went to one of these companies and wanted to leave them because the, the price points didn't make sense. And, you know, most of these companies do not give you the original production files. And the reason that matters is because let's say you publish with my company, you know, like Katie and as you have, and you decide in two years you want to take your files and go somewhere else. I'm going to give you, we're going to give you the files that any book designer is going to know how to work in. So they can take out, whether it's our ISBN or our publishing name, or you're, you'll probably need a new ISBN, they can, they can do all that within that file. 
if you can't get the product in it, like even if we create a cover file for you, you own the whole thing. You can do whatever you want with it. Because ultimately, what am I going to do with it if I don't give it to you? I can't use it. I can't, you know, if you leave me, I can't sell your book. None of these other guys can do that either. They can't pub- republish the book. They, they, the files have no value to them. The files right. only have value to the author. And so the reason you want those is, so if you go, like some of these people who now want to come and use my company, in some of the cases, we can kind of work around the files. And, you know, there's, there's a few things that, you know, maybe we can salvage them enough to reuse them. But most cases, you have to start over. And so many of these companies, they they say, well, you have the copyright, and this is in their agreement, so, you know, I, I can't fault them for doing it. I, you know, they didn't make you not read the agreement. And now, again, this is complicated stuff. So even if you read it, 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 it is complicated, and it's sort of like a gloss over paragraph often. Because it's just, it's kind of confusing. But what these paragraphs often say is that you own the copyright in the material, but the publisher owns the copyright in how they put that material together, other, aka the book design or the cover design. So, you know, you're not, you know, you're not even allowed to take that file and, and use it with somebody else. But you could take all the words in that file and give it to someone else to reformat. All right. So in, uh, in, just, in essence, okay. in, in essence, oh, you're oh. saying, Mark, is I publish with you, there's a cost, a package I pick, let's say $5,000, and you did all of the cost of publishing the book, the, you know, the editing, the book covering, the ISBN, all of that. And if I leave, you're giving me all the information, all the files that's necessary that another company could reuse. If it's not what they can reuse, you have to re you have to pay to redo the information. Yeah, because some a lot right. of companies give you a PDF of your book, but it's a low resolution PDF. Low resolution right. PDF is not print ready, so it's not usable for anything. Right. But these are these are some real these are really technical points, and these are points that. You know, I think as an author going in, it's something you should know. But mm-hmm. unless you read a book like mine, you will never even think to think about it. Exactly. And, and that is, and I'm not saying that that, you know, makes my books the most amazing thing in the world. It's just something that I had thought about and I had experienced myself. Uh, in fact, in, you know, you referenced my first novel. That novel was the company went out of business and they said, well, if you want your production files, you know, you can get them. But, you know, I didn't know what, I didn't know what a production file was. I thought, well, I had a PDF, so whatever, I'm fine. But it turns out, you know, I had a PDF that was low resolution, so I couldn't do anything with it. And then when I contacted the company, uh, it was actually the company that printed the book that did the printing for my publisher, you know, 16 years ago, was the company that eventually became CreateSpace. Amazon bought mm. this company. <laughs> for it. it was, you know, a really, you know, many versions ago of CreateSpace. So it wasn't, it wasn't owned by Amazon or anything. But then I went to go get the files. I said, okay, well, now I'm in publishing, so I want my files. And then the response was, well, it's not your ISBN, and you're not the publisher, so we're not, we can't, we're not releasing the files to you. 
And so it was that it was that incident that made me realize that you know this is this is a thing. Now you know I was ignorant in the fact that I, you know, they said if you want your files, you know, here's where you go to get them. But mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> Violet and many other authors, I didn't. You know, I, I didn't. I didn't live in the publishing world, so I didn't know what that meant. Right. And and you know I I you know I think. Nine out of ten times, if this happened to me again, if I wasn't in publishing, there is no way I would know. And, you know, again, that's the kind of thing that in my book, I'm trying to put stuff out there to people that they probably haven't thought of before about self-publishing. And I'm just saying, hey, these are things you got to think about. And, you know, maybe you don't care if you get your files back. and That's not a big deal to you. And this company is charging you so little that you know, mm-hmm. you'd rather spend 500 less and not get your files and worry about it later. But I'd still rather have you as the author make that choice and understand right. what you were giving up. And Mark, so we're down to about 15 seconds. Thank you so much. Violet, you will get a free copy of the book. And within Mark's book, there is um, a section. If you get to that section, you can get a free 30-minute um, consultation with him so you could continue talking um, with Mark about your own personal situation. And Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show with all this great information for authors who are the ones who are especially green in this area and don't quite know what to ask or, you know, what to do. And even for people that's already published their books that want to try a different company this book the fine print of self-publishing by mark levine is a great book to have if you're considering or if you have written a book and you want to begin to publish in your book so once again the new mark, thank comes you out tuesday that's right the new edition june comes 7th out yes so it's available june 7th this is the sixth edition june 7th that'll be available and thank you all for listening in and once again i'll talk to you in two weeks and i am always here to remind you of your greatness bye-bye